Joining us in just a moment is going to be Rick White. Rick White is the president of the uh, Atlantic League. Uh, he took over from an old friend of uh, mine and an older friend of Adam Gladstone's, and that is uh, the late Joe Klein, who passed away. Uh, and Rick White has some exciting stuff to talk about uh, in this uh, upcoming independent league. And joining us right now from out in, I believe it's Denver, Colorado, is Rick White. Rick, how are you? I'm very well. How are you today? Good, Rick. And I want to make sure I got the facts straight because Adam introduced us via text, and I really appreciate This is my third anniversary doing this particular show, and Adam was my first co-host on the show for the first four or five months uh, before he realized he wasn't going to get rich doing the show. You, you are the president of the Atlantic League, the Independent League. Are, is this your second season now? You took Joe, Joe Klein's place, correct? Well, first of all, Stan, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, you're in good company when, we, when you're with Mr. Gladstone. But uh, uh, I've been president of the league now for over five years. I worked alongside Joe for several years. And, of course, as you know, he... He passed away very sad, uh, yep. unexpectedly yep. Uh, here about a year and a half ago. Very sad time for everybody in the league. Um, <clears throat> but I've, I've been the president now for a number I, of years. I apologize. I didn't realize it had been that long. Now, do you know the general manager of all your teams? We just finished up an interview with Matt Slatus, general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Uh, I don't know Matt, but um, that's not that's not a surprise because we, we're in different leagues and, and – uh, um, you know, that is what it is. But uh, I'm always happy and excited when I get a chance to meet anybody in, in professional baseball. It's a dedicated crew of folks. All right, now you've got eight cities in the Atlantic League. Give me those cities so I don't make that same mistake a second no time. No problem at all, Stan. Uh, New Britain, Connecticut. Right. Central Islip on Long Island in New York. The Somerset Patriots in Bridgewater Township, New Jersey. Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, Barnstormers, York, Pennsylvania, Revolution, the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs in Waldorf, Maryland, and starting out this year, the new High Point, North Carolina Rockers, and uh, at the conclusion of the list is the Sugarland, Texas Skeeters. Wow, Sugarland Express, so that uh, your teams have to travel. That's a that's an expensive trip, I would imagine, for those teams. <laughs> It, it absolutely is, and, and I think it's testimony to our teams and to the Skeeters specifically that uh, they want to bring our brand of baseball to Texas. Uh, as you can imagine, that is a place where we have a number of conversations regarding future expansion going on. Yeah. High Point, you said it's a new team there. They're called the Rockers. That's where all the furniture's built, right? That's High right. Point, North Carolina? There's, yes, sir. There, There is a long legacy of furniture and hosiery manufacturing in that region. And uh, High Point is home to the semi-annual furniture marts, which uh, are tremendous economic engines for that region of North Carolina. So they wanted to pay homage to to that legacy yep. when they selected their team name. All right. Now, your teams, what what length of s schedule do they play? We play a full 140-game okay. season. We'll start here late in April, and we will continue through mid-September. 
All right. Now, you have some pretty historic news, and I want to be careful not to, uh, you know, step out above anything that's public right now. But Major League Baseball and the Atlantic League have signed a three-year contract to work together. Can you talk a little bit about what the purpose of that joint venture is going to be now? I'm delighted to. Um, We indeed have signed a joint partnership agreement, which provides the opportunity for Major League Baseball to test rules and equipment initiatives over the next three Atlantic League seasons. Uh, Those initiatives are highly considered. They've been thoroughly vetted and researched, and Major League Baseball was looking for the appropriate level Mm -hmm. and skill of ballplayers over the course of a full season as opposed to a short season to vet those those ideas there is no guarantee that they will ever reach the major leagues Mm -hmm. but those initiatives are going to be subject to test and then the results of those tests which will be owned by major league baseball uh, will be shared uh, internally with their clubs ultimately discussed with the players association and someday we may see them at the major league level. Now, one of the one of the things I believe, and again, you you correct me when I'm wrong. You've done a good job so far because I didn't get off to a great start with you. But uh, the sixty feet six inch distance between home plate and the pitching rubber, uh, there's talk that one of these changes is going to be to lengthen that by maybe three to five inches. What is what is the current uh, information you can give us on that? I'm not at liberty to talk about any specific okay. initiative. Uh, we have published a couple of items that I think people will be interested in, um, especially the idea that we will be working uh, with a TrackMan radar advanced analytics systems uh, that – is exactly that which is in the in the ballparks of uh, major league clubs but we will hear over the next oh probably seven to ten days actually release a list of the initiatives that we are going to trial for this season i should add stan that this is organic Um, if the um, trials themselves don't point in a direction that Major League wants to continue in, they have the opportunity to apprise us of that, and then we can make the decision as to whether or not to continue with those initiatives. So a rule change change could perhaps take place to end one of the experiments in the middle of the season? Yes. Okay, that's what I've wondered. And we also both have the opportunity, and, and this will indeed happen in 2019, to uh, commence a test at the second half of the season so that the leagues have a chance to do A-B testing. So see okay. what happens in the first half of the league and then compare that to what happens to the second half of the league's championship play. play. i got to ask you, as a baseball professional for a long time, and I know, I know you say you can't comment on specifically that, that issue of the length of the, of the pitcher's mound to home plate, but wouldn't that, if, if, if Major League Baseball ended up deciding to do that in the next couple of years, wouldn't that 
dramatically change the high schools and colleges and what they'd have to do in reaction to that? I would expect so. Yeah. Uh, in, in my lifetime, regarding pitching per se, and Stan, I, I suspect this is probably something you recall. Yeah. In the late 1960s, due to the dominance of pitching, yep. uh, MLB actually reduced the height of the mound from 15 inches to 10 inches. Yep. And uh, my recollection of that is that it did not have necessarily a profound impact on the game, at least in the discussion of the game. But, of course, there's much more media today than was available in those days. Well, what's most interesting but, about that is five years later, the American League still was having problems with runs, so they added the designated hitter in 73. Yes, sir, that's yeah. right. And in both of those occasions, both of those initiatives ultimately, to your point, filtered down to amateur play okay. um, and affected college, high school, community college, and all levels of professional baseball. So um, getting back to your question, there are a number of pitching-related discussions going on right now amongst roughly the three dozen or so lists or items that have been listed that Major League Baseball wants to consider testing. They aren't going to test all of them, of course. Sure. Uh, and I doubt that we will test a majority of those here in this first season. But what I don't want to do is lend credence to erroneous information or create speculation that's uh, at this stage inappropriate. And, and I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. Number one, um, we are working very closely with Major League Baseball, and because of that, we need to respect the, their operating protocol. Sure. We don't want to talk about speculation when they may not have even discussed this with the Players Association. That's a big concern for the industry. Second, in fairness to players, coaches, and managers, we do not in any way want to mislead them mm -hmm. into surmising something's going to be the case when it may not happen at all. Okay. And then lastly, we're currently signing players. We're putting together our rosters and doing some interesting things that way. If we have a conversation with any player, we want to give them accurate, transparent uh, news as, as opposed to commenting on speculation. I, I think everybody kind of understands I, that. I understand that, and, yeah. I, and I apologize if I've gone too no, far. No, no, it's yeah. no apology. You can ask me anything. Uh, it's just sometimes I can't give you the answer I'd like to. I'm not going to ask you then the way I might have had that, that conversation not just happen, but I'm just curious, Rick White, baseball professional, and again, I have great respect for the umpires. I really do. But one of the things that troubles me is I see Major League Baseball sort of really going and picking little things like well, we're going to cut the mound visits from six to five and then the next year to four. And I see the, the biggest impediment to speed a game and pace of play is human umpiring being unpredictable from one night to the next. And I'm a huge proponent and have been of electronic umpiring. I'm wondering what you, aside from what your league may embark upon, uh, how you feel about that possibility. Well, both as a former player, albeit not a very good one, um, <laughs> and as a league administrator, I can tell you that for every umpire, there's a different strike zone. Yeah. And we have world-class athletes in our league 
and, and of course, even better athletes occupy the Major League Baseball fields. They are capable of adjusting to uh, individual strike zones as long as the application of those is consistent. And that's the thing you always hear yep. uh, pitchers and catchers talk about, consistent strike zones. Putting that aside, it seems to me that if we can utilize technology in a way that creates a more fair field of play, that's something we ought to strongly consider. Yeah. And I, I would share with you, and, and again, Stan, you can draw, you and your listeners can draw your own conclusions. Once our TrackMan systems are installed, regardless of Major League Baseball or not, if there were the capability of creating a consistent strike zone, mm-hmm. fair to each player, because you, know, yep. you have Jose Altuve and you have Aaron Judge, yep. uh, their strike zones are different, um, we would be very interested in deploying that and for our own purposes, testing that. I... Um, you may recall a few years ago, we embarked on a pace of play initiative. Yes, you Where did. within a yep. half a season, we, without prompting, without anybody asking, we took our average nine-inning um, uh, time of play from three hours and one minute to two hours and 43 minutes. That's pretty remarkable. remarkable yeah, that's change pretty if remarkable. You think about half yep. a season. Yeah. Because of that, everyone in professional baseball sat up and took notice. They looked at the time between uh, pitches with nobody on base. They looked at our intentional base, base on balls rule. They looked at, as you suggested before, mound visits and a number of other things that we did. We published those results transparently. We published those results happy if anybody wanted to look at them or to mimic them. We were very proud that Major League Baseball adopted our intentional base on balls rule. And so we think that we can be at the front end of constructive change with the game and not necessarily change the fundamentals, Mm -hmm. but provide fans a better experience. I just find it interesting, and I know the intent of video replay was not to take care of plays like I'm talking about. But right. a guy steals second base, and he's safe, and then he, he, he slides over the bag by like a quarter of an inch. His momentum carries him. Now, we're, we're allowed to go back and replay that, and we want to be precise on whether a guy misses a bag by a quarter of an inch that his foot came off, but yet the strike zone is allowed to be different every single night. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Touche. Yeah. A few years ago, uh, the Pacific Association out on the West Coast actually worked with a group out of Chicago called Stratcast or Statman to call electronic balls and strikes in two test games. Okay. There was a very interesting thing that occurred with that. Number one, the umpires did not feel as if they were uh, uninvolved because you still need a home plate umpire to talk about things like check swings and foul tips and interference and plays at the plate and so yep, forth. No question about that. Yep. <clears throat> but second, it took away the grousing and, and debates that often take place around home plate with people in the dugout 
or a pitcher, catcher, or hitter, uh, you know, criticizing the ball strike calls by the umpire. It's really hard to argue with a machine. Yeah. And again, as a league administrator and one who has to issue discipline to our players, if we ever could get to the point of where we had electronic balls and strikes, it's good for everybody. It's good for pitchers because there's predictability. It's good for hitters for the same reason. It moves the game along because you remove some of the arguing, but you also have players who are now going to be swinging the bat, putting more balls in play, as opposed to taking advantage of a subjective ball strike zone. So we, we see a lot of merit in that just on the face of it. Not to beat a dead horse because you and I are in agreement on this, but how many times have we seen, and I don't have clear-cut data of this, but I, one pitcher in mind is Kevin Gosman, formerly of the Orioles. I'd see him get a call go against him, and then I'd see the batter foul off six more pitches after that, get a hit, and lead to a big inning, whereas the inning might have ended, and I know this isn't precise, but it could have ended four minutes before, six minutes before, had that strike been called a strike three. That's I right. Saw it That's happen. right. And, and assuming it, it was a missed call, yep. and again, I don't, I don't want to ever assume an umpire is wrong. I, I think we have to assume they're right and to prove otherwise. Yep. But assuming it was a missed call, um, you've cost Gosman some money. It, it, you know, it, 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 in that illustration, it creates a damage and erodes his ERA, potentially uh, affects his one-loss performance and, and so forth. So, and, it, and it also affects, Rick, not to interrupt you, it affects, in other words, if we all agree that a pitcher has so many bullets in that arm, why should he, over the course of a season, have to throw an additional 90 or 100 pitches because five or six or ten, 10 or 12 strikes were missed. It's just... Agreed. Now, I'm compelled to say that, you know, the the common axiom is calls go against you and calls go for you, and they level out at the end of the year. However, why not get them right the first time if you have the ability to do that? I'm in in total agreement with you. Um, This TrackMan radar device, that is what would eventually... At some level, would it always would it be TrackMan that would end up being the electronic uh, home plate uh, ball or strike caller, or is there it, another device? TrackMan has the capability of determining balls and strikes in um, strike zones tailored to each individual hitter. If you, if you think about it, Stan, and this is the way it's been explained to us, uh, if you're looking at home plate, it's easy to establish inside and outside parameters mm-hmm. in terms of ball strikes. Sure. Then what you need to do is you need to think about height. And so uh, TrackMan has the capability, utilizing its ability to analyze a player's movement during his swing to establish a high strike zone and the bottom of the strike zone. Now, when you understand that, that means that uh, TrackMan's analytics can be conveyed instantaneously. So the biggest single challenge, once TrackMan becomes installed, if we're to test it, would be the idea of communication. How do you communicate to the umpire, everybody on the field, and fans, whether or not that pitch has been a ball or a strike in 
a, a you know in an instant time sure. frame as opposed to a delayed time frame. It's, in, it's all in fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. One last question before I let you go, and I hope you'll join us again sometime, maybe during the course of the season. But sure. we know that last year alone, 32 players uh, from the Atlantic League signed contracts to return to affiliated ball. That doesn't mean the major leagues. Will, will TrackMan being present in the Atlantic League, will that enhance that possibility the player could go from independent to affiliated ball? Stan, I hope I don't take too much of your or your listeners' time in, in responding to that. That's all right. The reason we asked for TrackMan, yep. going back now well over a year, was because Major League Baseball scouts who are represented at virtually every one of our games that's per, that's, suggested yeah, that, yep. to yours truly that we could expose in a highly favorable way all of our players more often mm-hmm. and more intelligently to each major league club if we could find a way to install advanced analytics in our ballpark. One of the things we know is going to happen moving forward is that each player on, on our field will now have his statistics relayed to Major League Baseball on a pitch-by-pitch-by-play basis mm. every night That's pretty at 30 remarkable. clubs. Yep. Moreover, because we will also be hosting Major League Baseball's video analysis as part of all of this, right? the advanced video capabilities now that will complement TrackMan will be able not just to count rotations, not just to count horizontal movement in the strike zone, not just to take a look at vertical movement with breaking pitches and so forth, but it will also be able to show the pinpoint exit of a ball from a palm of the hand Mm on any one of our pitchers at release. So now they can measure arm angle and release point. And conversely, they can take a look at every single frame at 200 frames per second of a hitter mm. as his bat moves through the strike zone. It's, it's really remarkable yeah. stuff. And I know a lot of folks who consider themselves traditionalists bemoan the the use of advanced analytics in baseball. But at the end of the day, the game is changing at a far more rapid rate than I think many of us truly understand. And it's like anything else, it evolves. So, A, we want to give our players more exposure. We want to move more of our players back to Major League Baseball organizations. But at the same time, and this was our true motivation for working with baseball on this, we determined that we could do one of two things as we began this discussion with Major League Baseball. We could either acknowledge the game is going to change and be a part of its evolution, or we could sit on the sidelines and watch. Yeah, bury your head in the sand. Yeah. Right. And I think you can, you can tell the point of view that our board took as they address this with Major League Baseball. I really appreciate your being on with us, Rick, and I hope you'll do this again in the not-too-distant future. Uh, we scratched the surface today. I think there's a lot more 
interesting stuff to, to talk about moving forward. Well, Stan, I've enjoyed it very much, and I'll look forward to the next time, okay? All right. Thank you, Rick. Thanks again. Take that, care. That's Rick White, the president of the Atlantic League, not the Independent League, the Atlantic League. Uh, eight cities in Long Island, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Southern Maryland, North Carolina, and the Sugar Land Express.